live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And let me just say one thing here. This is the Rich Eisen Show. My gosh, Steve, when, when did you first start uh, chit-chatting with J.J. Watt about him coming aboard? Well, as soon as he was uh, officially released. Today's guests, MMQB senior writer Albert Breer. Pro Football Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, ESPN NFL analyst Louis Riddick, plus comedian Frank Caliendo. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host sitting in my chair in Los Angeles, California. I'm going to stop talking about myself in the second person. I'm Rich Eisen, everybody. <laughs> Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. Hey, How buddy. are you? What do you say? Mike Del Tufo sitting in his chair, the hey, audio Rich. executive, fresh off of a sailboat ride. I see everything on social media. <laughs> so does my social media grand maester, TJ Jefferson, who's just settled into his chair. Yet to be invited out in that boat, Rich. Well, that would make oh. all three of us, sir. Wow. Um, and uh, well, that was the royal me, myself, and I. I, I assume you two guys have not been invited no, on the boat. Definitely not. Either had no idea. <laughs> there's. I didn't know that. I had no idea. There's multiple boats. Two salud, sir. No, there's, there's multiple, not multiple boats. Well, there's a sailboat, and then there's another boat, or the what? The fleet's expanding. The yeah. fleet <laughs> is expanding. Spanish How much are you paying right? this guy, Rich? I, I need to. Uh, I need to uh, revisit. Uh, hey, everyone. So, uh, in the NFL. Um, in the NFL, there's one big pond, the huge NFL pond, and there's a stone that throws in it, and there's ripple effects all over the place. And uh, I, I've told you what the the biggest ripple effect uh, is in the current NFL pond right now, and that's Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady uh, doing what he did. Tom Brady spending 20 years with one organization, deciding it's all over there, um, and he's gone, and he's going to choose a new spot of his liking at age 43 and see if he can win a championship uh, doing it another way with somebody else or his way that was not always allowed to be the way in his spot for 20 years, uh, but would be uh, in that new spot with the new someone else. And you see the effect on everybody else in the NFL, whether it's a team thinking that we're just one guy away from swapping out uh, somebody um, like the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were, hey, we're – they could have been all in on Jameis and believed in him and so on and so forth. But let's see if Tom Brady is really going to be interested in us. Oh, he is? Well, then let's do this for sure. Uh, obviously, there's only one Tom Brady, but maybe there could be somebody else out there uh, of that person uh, in that standing. And that's the Matthew Stafford uh, for the Rams, for instance. Or you're somebody else who's been doing it for quite some time and in uh, the same spot, and you're looking and seeing what Tom Brady just did, and maybe they should uh, they should uh, take that road. And that's what I think was working in Aaron Rodgers' brain shortly right after losing the NFC Championship game to Brady. That's what I think is working in Russell Wilson's brain right now. That's what I think is uh, is also um, you know writ large. We can we can plug in many other places, but then there is also a smaller parts of uh, uh, I guess other little ponds. Or pools, you know, using the Caddyshack phrase. Pond, you're more of a pool. You're more of a pond. We could, we could, we could figure that out. But uh, there's uh, smaller stones and smaller ripple effects and things of that nature. And um, uh, depending on signings and things like that. And next week, man, we're going to see uh, free agency about to hit. And sal- the salary cap figure will finally be known a little bit better or flat out known. Um the, the new television contracts with the NFL 
uh, and their partners might get announced. And, oh, my gosh, the numbers that I'm hearing are insane. I mean, just absolutely insane. And that might mean more salary cap room or not. I don't know. I don't know if that might affect the salary cap this year at all. I don't know. And I don't know if anybody really knows. We had Steve Kahn, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, on yesterday. He's like, good good question. Don't know. And we've got Lewis Riddick uh, of uh, ESPN Monday Night Football, who I do believe um, was interviewed by the Houston Texans for their general manager job and has been interviewed for general manager jobs in this business. And Albert Breer going to be discussing that uh, as our lead guests of Hour 3, as for Lewis Riddick, and Albert Breer on this show in just as our lead guest of this show in uh, in about 15 minutes' time. And we'll talk about the other guys who are going to be joining us as well in a moment. But the, <clears throat> the smaller ripple effect of, I think, uh, the only signing that's happened right now, I'm keen to see. Because there's two aspects of the J.J. Watt signing and announcement over the last two days of J.J. Watt signing. Two days ago on the announcement and J.J. Watt's appearance in Arizona yesterday, uh, mere hours after I chatted with Steve Kime, the general manager, right here on the show. And uh, there's two things that leap to mind. And the first one is this ripple effect. This ripple effect. J.J. Watt has been signed by the Arizona Cardinals. How does that affect two quarterback situations that we're talking about nonstop? One, Russell Wilson. If he's concerned about protection in Seattle. Oh, baby. If he's concerned about being untouched, well, here comes the code red, if you will. <laughs> nice. Here comes the code red with J.J. Watt now added to Chandler Jones and Hassan Reddick. Supposedly, this is who we're going to see coming at Russell Wilson. You're concerned about Aaron Donald enough. You're concerned about Joey, you know, a Nick Bosa coming back healthy. You're concerned about staying upright. Well, here comes J.J. Watt in your direction twice a season. And what if Seattle doesn't make a move here in free agency maybe to add an offensive line? What if you're you're going to sit back patiently and wait to hear what their draft plans are going to be? You're going to sit back and maybe hope as you're sitting there with Ciara watching NFL Network's coverage, of course, <laughs> on draft nights, wait to hear the offensive line help that's coming on the way, or are you going to be sitting there like Aaron Rodgers reaching for that stiff drink after your team just decides to do what they think is best for the franchise? That might not be your concept of such a thing. Or is he just going to force the situation a little bit more? Can't wait to see how that one plays out. And then how about the other quarterback situation that might be affected by the ripple in this pond with Deshaun Watson? Mm. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. Uh, I I understand I'm the one who's got to stay here because you covet me so much. And I understand J.J. raised all that money for the hurricane and I, in that hurricane, just donated my first game check as a professional and new to the town. Okay. I get that you just told J.J. Walk. Go, and you find out that J.J. Watt has so many suitors, there's not enough suits. And you find out that all of this was in front of J.J. Watt because they allowed him to just walk. And you're thinking, you could even get like a fourth or a fifth or a sixth from Arizona because... I know you got Arizona's phone number, 
because J.J. just joined my guy in DeAndre Hopkins. So you couldn't even get a four, five, or a six out of Steve Kime? I mean, and and I got to sit here and, you know, wonder what Jack Easterby's thinking? You know, and I've made it known to you privately. I have no intention of staying here. Do you Do you want me to go on ESPN or NFL Network or most importantly the Rich Eisen Show and talk about it? <laughs> do you? Is this what you want? Because I think I'm handling this the best I can. I don't want to play for you anymore, Cal. Nice to meet you, Nick. Nice to meet you, Coach Cully. No, thank you. Go check out the YouTube comic stylings of Jack Easterby if you want to find out why. I'm just guessing. I'm throwing darts at the board, assuming this is what's going on in his oh, head. Let me subscribe to that real quick. Well, I'm just saying here. What's he thinking as he's watching J.J. Watt show up and have this soundbite talking about the... Um, the amount of love and and free agent arm twisting and all of the people that they sent in J.J. Watt's direction, who Steve Kahn let us know who they were yesterday to try and recruit him. Check it out. I give them credit. They attacked from all angles. Uh, there was, I think Steve and, and Michael and everybody did a great job of, I mean, there were players, there were coaches, there were um, non-football people whatsoever that reached out and, and were in my ear and trying to convince me to come down here and, and tell me all the great things about it and um, not only on the field but sending me pictures of Paradise Valley and everything off the field as well so uh, the recruiting pitch was strong and heavy um, but I at the end of the day I just tell my wife you know all signs just kind of kept pointing back down here to Arizona and and in my short time here on the ground I can tell you that uh, I'm absolutely pleased and couldn't be happier with my decision. Look, I know it's apples and oranges. I know J.J.'s put in his time. I know J.J.'s been in the league longer, and I know J.J. did so much for the community, community of Houston that he does have that deserving patch right there on his chest, that beautiful Walter Payton Man of the Year Award patch. Uh, I, I, I know he, he, he and the Texans did him right. They did him right. Just go, J.J. Go have your free agency tour and go find out where you want to go and, and, and go with God and go be, be you. But how is that sitting with Deshaun Watson right now? I don't think it can Not be great. sitting well at all. And we will see how that ripple in that pond continues to, uh, I guess, ripple. Did I use it as a noun and a verb in the same sentence? Perhaps. I don't know. Verbal, Rich. Verbal. Thank you. We'll see how it goes. And uh, that's what I'll talk about with Breer and Riddick and on this program. And also Rod Woodson, who's going to be joining us on this, sh- on this show. Um, Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's got his uh, foundation, Hope Through Football, that he wants to talk about, hopethroughfootball.org. We'll talk some ball with Rod. And then uh, one of the non-football people apparently sent in the direction of J.J. Watt, as he referred to Frank Caliendo. Steve Kimes said that he asked Frank Caliendo to come with a video to recruit J.J. Watt to Arizona. And and Kimes said it was a Gruden imitation. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. We'll find out more about that. So as I mentioned, there's two aspects of the J.J. Watt signing that fascinates me. One is how it will affect the mindsets of folks like Russell Wilson, who's concerned about his protection in that division, and now here's J.J. Watt in that division, and also Deshaun Watson, who's seen his teammate now leave to join his other 
teammate in the same spot while Deshaun is being held on to for dear life by an organization he is informed he does not want to be held on to by anymore. That's one. Number two is um, the history lesson we learned yesterday, in a bit, in a way, uh, that who knew that the Arizona Cardinals' number 99 jersey had already been taken? Who knew that J.J. Watt couldn't just stroll in to Arizona and wear 99? 99 had been retired by the Cardinals organization because of their tenure in Chicago. The Chicago Cardinals fielded a 99 back in the day. Guy named Marshall Goldberg, who sounds exactly like the guy I shared bunks 5 through 10 <laughs> in, in Camp Loconda and then Trails End Camp. Or the Marshall Goldberg, who I might have snuck a peek at his test in science class back in grades 6 through 8. Tribe member Rich? Sure sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Marshall has since passed away, and his daughter apparently connected with J.J. Watt and said my dad would have no problem with 99 being unretired from the Cardinals' ring of honor and and being put on by J.J. Watt. And here's J.J. wanting to thank the Goldberg family for their kindness and offering me the opportunity to wear Number nine in Arizona, which was previously retired in honor of Marshall Goldberg. He said, I'll be humbled and honored to wear it and will do my best to make them proud and honor Marshall properly. And then there's J.J. on the left and then for their on the radio audience on Sirius XM Channel 211 NBC Sports Audio. There's Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Affiliate. There is Marshall Goldberg doing the old sort of Heisman Trophy pose, holding out his left hand with the right uh, arm having the football with all four points of pressure, and then his hips twisted in a way that puts me in traction just looking at it, leaping in the air, and I thought to myself, who is this Marshall Goldberg who played for the Cardinals organization? Don't worry, Chris. Don't you dare go ahead and Google it or Wikipedia it because (laughs) I've I've already done that, and it's insufficient. Certainly when you who are taking in this program, wise enough to take in this program, either on NBC Sports on Peacock or listening to it, you come to the right place because this is the only place in this crazy-ass world, this maw, look it up, of sports talk. We are the only space that can reach for this tome called Great Jews in Sports. (laughs) <laughs> that has been autographed by Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros and Jeff Schwartz, formerly of the National Football League. Yes, TJ, I will pose with it for your Instagram snap. Written by Robert Slater. Introduction by Red Auerbach. Yes. Oh. A Jew. <laughs> Light him up. And yeah. sure enough. On page 93 of Great Jews in Sports, there is a three-page entry on Marshall Goldberg. Not page 99? Sit back, J.J. Watt. Let me learn you up a little bit on Marshall Goldberg. (laughs) Who knew? Marshall Goldberg, also known as Biggie. What? The original Biggie. And Mad Marshall. Oh, An American football player, one of the football's most powerful runners, played for the University of Pittsburgh 
Pitt. Pitt. From 1936 to 1938 in the backfield, twice chosen All-American. Now, I'm going to leave just the first paragraph of of, uh, introduction to dig deeper into um, more of Marshall's college career. He was born to Saul Goldberg, a Russian immigrant who settled in West Virginia, of all places. Yeah. We're there, too. Wow. <laughs> West Virginia. Ah, yes. We are there as well. He named the nickname Biggie because he could play football with boys much older than he. He was five foot eleven and weighed 183 pounds. That's Biggie. <laughs> baby, baby. Baby, baby. He was a national hero, according to great Jews in sports. He was also described by sports writers as, quote, the finest ball carrier since Red Grange. Oh, New York reporters, which was the capital of sports and media, and also, yes, Jewish people. Um <laughs> He was known by New York reporters impressed with his speed. They called him, quote-unquote, uh, quote unquote, glittering Goldberg. <laughs> and according to, again, this tome, Great Jews in Sports, the story is told of Marshall's father breaking the tension before the Pitt-Washington game on New Year's Day, 1937, the Rose Bowl. The Pitt team had a bad case of jitters before the game in the dressing room. The coach, Doc Sutherland, read a, read a telegram from Marshall Goldberg's father. Quote, dear doctor, bring home the bacon, and you know how I hate pork. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Biggie. Wow. I closed the book for effect, but I'll reopen it one more time to just let you know. That he played for the Chicago Cardinals. Yeah, I have some stats, Rich, if you want them. He didn't play on many good teams, but God bless him, part of the greatest generation. He left for three years in the middle of his career yep. to go fight in the war for the for the Navy. And he returned um, and played on the 1947 Chicago Cardinals championship team. Hurt his knee in the ninth game of the season, so he could only play defense. He played both sides of the ball because he was a dynamite running he did. back. He did. And he led the NFL in interceptions in 1941 with 54 yards. Yep. And in 1948, on defense, they won a second straight Western Conference title, and he was considered the league's best defensive back. Marshall Goldberg, number 99 in your program, number one in your shul, and also in your know. heart. What is that? I don't understand I don't what know. that is. I don't know what what that is. is that? I don't know. This is not Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, Rich, as you mentioned, had his best year in 41, made all pro, uh, 427 rushing yards, 313 receiving yards, had seven interceptions on defense, hey, man. and also... Uh, was 7 of 19 throwing the ball for 100 yards and a touchdown. He once made a finalist list for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Didn't make it, though. So that's the number 99 that you're wearing, J.J. Watt. I say to you, Mazel Tov, go sack the quarterback in honor of your name and that of Marshall Goldberg. And if you want, uh, J.J., I'll, I'll just ship you uh, great juice and sports or <laughs> photocopy the three pages that you might find relevant. Let's take a break. Albert Breer will be joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. I dare you. Go find that. 
Go find that. Skip Bayless ain't pulling out great Jews in sports. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Factual. Fact. Fact. I don't know what that means. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here is the connection. Yes, Bob. Between me and J.B. Smooth. Is it, does this involve Kevin Bacon in any way, shape, or It does or not involve Kevin Bacon, but okay. I'm sure in two or three moves we can get <laughs> to Kevin Bacon. No, it involves the cult classic, yeah. Pootie Tang. <laughs> J.B. Smooth, J.B. Smooth is in Pootie Tang. Yes. And it goes without saying yeah. that without me, Pootie Tang is nothing. There's not. You put the tang in booty tang. I did. I, I bet. I did, just like the astronauts. <laughs> I put the tang. I put the tang in Pootie Tang. Now, where does Pootie Tang rank in the Bob Costas oeuvre? Where, yeah. where does where does that? You rank? know, very very often people will say Pootie Tang, basketball, mm-hmm. and you know it's a little bit it's a little bit like asking Jimmy Stewart. Yes, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Sure. It's a wonderful life. Yeah. Like saying to De Niro, taxi driver, raging bull. It's just impossible. It is. They're all my children. (laughs) They're all an extension of who I am as an artist. And I'll let the public choose. Really. Yeah. You know. Watate, my brother. (laughs) Watate. Hey, Bob, man. Hey, what's going on? JB. JB Smooth. I'm back there. No, I'm back there. He was trash talking me, man. I mean, I wasn't trash talking you. I look up to you, 
man I'm, talking you up. Yo, I look up to you. I'm looking down to you. Anyone who looks up to me is a person I admire. <laughs> do, you, oh. do, you, do you have any good from the set stories of Pootie Tang? You know, Tang? we were never on the set it's together. Always, it's, yeah. There's some great stories of Pootie Tang. Any man who can fight with a belt. Right? <laughs> How do you not have great stories? It's the man who had a ponytail and a belt yeah. and, did, and had his own language. How do you not build a movie right. on that platform and have success? You know, it's a cult classic. People sit in their basement smoking the funny stuff while they yeah. watch it. Yeah, and you don't even need the funny stuff. <laughs> Although it helps. It does help. It's a great movie. Reunited yes, with J.D. Smooth. My brother, we are back. My man. Yeah, back. By the way, Bob said Putin can five times during that interview. And that's, so that's 22 fewer times than, than Marshawn Lynch yes. said he was there to be fined. Yeah. Not I'm going to sign your pity on a runny kind. <laughs> And if we you want to, if you want to try to stop me, I got, I got to say the Nano. <laughs> what is happening right now? Oh my gosh, our first Super Bowl ever! Unbelievable. Uh, what was that, Chris? Four Tom Brady Super Bowl wins ago. <laughs> oh, that's the one I had to drive home. Because oh, he won that one. Yes, Butler. And then he beat the Falcons was, coming back. It was four. And then he beat the Rams. It was four. And then he's beat the Bucks. The what the hell? <laughs> oh. It's insane when you think of it that four. way. It's nuts. That was Joe Montana Super Bowl wins ago. Oh, my gosh. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio affiliates all together, along with our uh, one happy Peacock slash NBC Sports Audio Series XM Channel 211 family in our our uh, friend from Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer, uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show. Sorry, Albert, I, I, I was late for you here, uh, but I was going through uh, the uh, the history of Marshall Goldberg uh, in my book, uh, Great Jews in Sports, that I have here uh, on our set. So if you, need, if you ever need that for research, uh, I've got that for you, Albert. You know who to reach out to. All right, all right. Well, I assume my Jay Fiedler would be in there. Right? Oh. Like, I, I don't know if I have all the names. But I, could well, probably, I could probably rattle off. Interestingly of enough, like, uh, to just find uh, Marshall Goldberg, I had to uh, sift through uh, uh, Hank, Hank Greenberg, obviously very close, and Randy Grossman. Oh. Randy Grossman, the football player, was called Rabbi. That's the name of his, uh, his entry uh, here. Don't find that in Wikipedia, but look him up because I, I actually had no idea who he was when J.J. Uh, Watt uh, it was announced was taking his number thanks to his thanks to the family's grace good graces to let him have it I didn't have no idea yeah yeah I thought that was really cool too like to me like the effect of that I'm, I mean who cares if the guy's numbers are tired really you know what I mean like the, the effect of that to me was like that, that it really like allowed a lot of people to kind of educate themselves yeah. on a guy who has a really cool story exactly. you know what I mean like so yeah. I, like, I mean, if they take it out of circulation, you know, if it comes goes back into circulation for a couple of years so J.J. can win it, can, can wear it, and then, you know, a whole bunch of new people who didn't know about Marshall Goldberg now know about him, like that, to me, is a pretty good result, right? Well, two people who'd left to mind before I learned who Marshall Goldberg was, Albert, uh, in, in terms of J.J. Watt signing and how it might affect the immediate um, were, were Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Um because if Russell's concerned about his protection, um, I would imagine that that sort of sensibility just got heightened even more, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Yeah. With the signing. Yeah, and I think like it's it's, it's really interesting to me, like because I think we all kind of, you know, when a guy like JJ, who's you know the tail end of his career, um, you know, becomes a free agent, we all just assume the guy is going to go like ring chasing, right? Like so, it's like okay, like well, he, you know, he's just going to go, you know, to whatever to Tampa. 
to to Kansas City, like to some place that's going to create the easiest path to a ring. And I think sometimes what we discount is like the personal pride that these guys have, and you know when you put so much into your craft, maybe wanting to prove that you that you have something left. And I think that was such a huge part of why JJ did this. You know, is that um, he's going to a place where he knows the defensive coordinator Vance Joseph was in Houston for his first three years, for Watts' first three years there, um, and the system itself is almost identical to the Wade Phillips system that J.J. played really well in in those years, you know. And so the ability to go there and hit the ground running, play opposite Chandler Jones, which obviously means you know, he's probably in its more favorable matchups, it gives J.J. a really good shot to show he has something left. And I, I think with a, lot, a lot of times when we, when we look at players and their decisions they make in, in, – in, in, in spots like this, you sort of discount that sort of thing, and I think it was definitely a factor. Well, and it's a, it's a, I I love the signing, and I again I just love where he winds up in that in that division that is so damn fascinating. Yeah. You know where the fact is, we are barely into March, right? And free agency is the new league year is about two weeks away right now, and Matthew Stafford and JJ Watt have already entered this division that's going to get Nick Bosa back from injury and then who knows what the 49ers might do at their quarterback spot but I just want to linger a little bit on the Russell Wilson of it for a moment with you and and tell me what what is going on there because if he is concerned about his protection if he is if that's the one thing I don't know how Seattle is going to you know what do they do they make a free agent signing do they do they go ahead and draft somebody or do they just say we're just going to be who we are and Russ is under contract and that's the end of that. Or, or will Russ, I mean, what, what happens now? Do you think? Well, Rich, he, he had a meeting, he had a couple of meetings after the season, um, you know, where like he really did address this stuff. And so, you know, it was with his own team. It was also with Pete Carroll, um, you know, and, and, and really like coming out of that, I, I know um, that Russell sort of felt like there were three things he wanted to have accomplished. And number one, like, you know, he wanted a, a scheme with a new offensive coordinator that would give him a chance to best highlight his skills. And that box has already been checked. They brought in Shane Waldron from the Rams. I know he was on board with the hire. So he liked that. And that left two more boxes. One was fixing the offensive line. And two was you know, having communication on the direction of the franchise and what it's going to look like over the next few years. And so you know, I think the Seahawks were amenable to, to that. I think what really pissed the Seahawks off, um, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, was yeah, sure. that he went public with it. And I think part of it for him was, like, I want to create urgency, and I want to put urgency on them. But you, you have to look at it. If you're the Seahawks, right, and you're saying to yourself, okay, like, we've already been through so much with this guy, whether it was the friction with the Legion of Boom guys or it was the contract situations and Russell maybe wanting a baseball contract or if it was the grumbling over those all those years with the scheme and with the, I mean, there was all this stuff, right? So you can certainly see where the Seahawks are looking at this and saying to themselves, I mean, enough, enough, like, like we need to fix this. And so to me, like you look at all that history, right? And the two things that Russell has left on his list, um, you know, I think those things can be accomplished. But to me, like, I, I think where the Seahawks are on this is we really need to just kind of put an end to, to this year to year thing where there's always an issue. There's always some drama I think what the CS would like is to find a way to sit down and meet with him and try to see if there's a way that, where they can put it to bed where it's not an issue for the next three or four years. And if they can't put that to bed, and who the hell knows what's going to happen seven or eight years from now, right? Like, we don't know who's going to be the coach, any of that. But 
at least for the duration of his contract, kind of get to a place where this isn't a year-to-year thing where there's always drama. And, you know, I think that, you know, Russell going public with a lot of this stuff is what pushed them to that point. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. I, I feel like with the Deshaun Watson story um, or situation, however you want to use it, I, I feel like I'm watching – um, you know, like hard cable news after a major uh, piece of news happens, and then I just watch it for 10, 12, 14, 15 straight hours waiting for the next, you know, iteration, the next news cycle to actually affect what I'm talking about or watching being talked about nonstop with the story not changing. That's the way I feel, and I feel like at yeah. some point I'm going to be on the phone with somebody like yourself or another colleague of ours in the business and something is going to, the other shoe's going to drop, right? Unless the Texans right. really feel like the shoes don't have to drop. What the hell is going well, on there right now, Albert? Well, I, nothing. On? I mean, is the best way to put it. I mean, I, I think, you know, unless, until, unless and until one of the two sides moves off their position, we sort of are where we are. And, you know, I think it's obvious. Texans' position is we're not moving him. And Watson's position is um, I don't want to be here, you know? And so... Like until one of the sides moves off of that, off one of those positions, then we're going to be where we're going to be. And um, you know, I, I think one of the things that puts it in the sort of spot that you just described, there really isn't tension, right? Like there really, or there really isn't like tension on on, on the Texans to do something right now. Um, now maybe there will be like a few weeks down the line, but you know, it's it's not like with you know the Eagles and Carson Wentz or the the Jets and Sam Darnold where. You know, you got to be worried that, like, if you don't move the guy before the middle of March, seats could start filling up, and all of a sudden now you can't find a suitor and you can't get value for him. Deshaun Watson's such a good player that his value is going to hold. So it doesn't really matter if you trade him tomorrow or if you trade him on April 20th. And that's why, to me, like, this thing is probably going to be where it is, and the Texans are going to probably try to do some more to fix the relationship before – it gets to the point where he's actually traded. Um, and and, and I, I really look at it. The next deadline to me would be the draft because if you are going to move Deshaun Watson, uh, I, I would think that you would want to try to get some sort of long-term answer at the position in return. And once you get past the draft, now you're talking about maybe trading him for draft picks. You don't know where they're going to be, you know, obviously in 2022. And you don't even know, you know, what that class is going to look like. There's no Trevor Lawrence next year. Like next year's draft class looks fairly bereft to quarterbacks. So, like I would say that the draft is probably the the the, the time when the Texans might feel the need to, to to make a trade or feel the need to make a decision or feel the need to get some sort of closure on on the issue. Um, but they don't have to do it right now. And I think. Because Nick Casario understands he has such a precious commodity in Deshaun Watson, a 25-year-old top-five quarterback, like it behooves him over the next five or six weeks, and you know at least until we get closer to the draft, to do everything, every single thing he possibly can to get it done, to to, to get something, uh, to, to to do something to try and you know make the situation a little bit more amenable to whatever Deshaun Watson's looking for. But your word choice um, is specific for a reason, Albert. There's a difference between having to and should do, okay? And the the should do heads the have to off at the pass. That if you wait till you have to do it, you don't have nearly as many options as when you do it when you should do it. And that there right. is a free agency period where a couple of NFC teams where you might be able to, you might be able to.
would go uh, off the board if they go in a certain direction or another team that would be a great spot for you to land him in for your own purposes, um, whether draft-wise or geographically, so you don't see yeah. him once every but once every four years. Somebody might fall in love with one of these aforementioned quarterbacks that are in this year's draft and just say, you know what, as much as we think Deshaun's great, your price is too damn high and he costs too damn much. We're just going to sit back and we love this kid. We're going to go to work with our own person. And and the longer you wait by by ignoring the fact that the have to is going to come home to roost at some point, you know, that's my issue with yeah. this. And that's what I keep, I keep revisiting on, uh, literally on a daily basis on this show. Albert. Yeah, I mean, I think the key is – the key key really is uh, – to me is like those two AFC East teams, right? Like, right. So – like you look at like what the Jets and Dolphins have to offer, um, you know they both have top three picks. It's perfect. They both have tw- they both have twenty three year old quarterbacks. So yeah. I mean you could theoretically I, like with those two teams, like say you like two or you like Sam, right? Like you, like if you're the Texans, you theoretically could come away with a quarterback who's two years younger than Deshaun and a top three pick. You know, so. Like to me, like those teams would be the key, and how in on it they are. And I think both teams are very, very interested and would be interested in Deshaun if he became available. So they're the key to me. And then I think Carolina sort of lingering out there. Yes, you know, I, I've been told by several people that 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 uh, David Tepper, their owner, who's still newish, um, you know, he's like that. He was very much like obsessed, you know, with, with getting the quarterback position, right. Yeah. And would take a very big swing and would want his football people to take a very, very big swing at Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, like as long as those three situations remain unresolved, as long as those three teams are there to me, like, I I think you're going to be able to get really great value. And even if one drops off the board, like, let's say, you know, your scenario, that Joe Douglas and, and, and Robert Sala and Michael Floor, like they fall in love with Zach Wilson, right? And we're taking him second overall. Well, then you still have the Dolphins and the Panthers, you know? So I still think that, you know, the presence of those three teams in the top eight would at least give you like a really, really good chance to get a great return for Deshaun. And I don't think right now um, that, you know, you're going to be in a situation six weeks from now where all three of those options as trade partners would, would, would dry up. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen show. Um, I'll ask you again, this could be uh this could no this 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 could be not age well at all. It could be no longer evergreen five minutes from now. But is Drew Brees going to retire? I mean, what's going on, and what's the Saints' quarterback plans? <laughs> what do you got for me on that? Front? I mean, I I, I think he is. Um, you know, it was funny because, and I don't know if you heard this, but this was like a pretty rampant thing, um, a very pretty rampant like idea that I guess is the right way to put it that I'd heard last year that like part of what pushed Drew Brees to come back, um, you know, last year was that like he knew Tom Brady had some interest in New Orleans. And so like, you know, I think Mm -hmm. like like, there was this idea at least lingering out there that Drew wasn't going to let Tom come in and win a Super Bowl with his team. So he was going to come back and try to do it himself. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was funny to, you know, you you heard that it's kind of like, you know, one of those things where, you know, like you're not talking about it like it's fact, but it's just there were there were bright crumbs around it and everything else. And somebody pointed out to me over the weekend, do you think it's any coincidence that Drew Brees dropped that video right after Russell Wilson put the Saints on his list? 
<laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Definitely huh. not. It's uh, all related. I mean, think about that, right? Isn't that kind of interesting? How, like, so you're saying you're saying Breeze is comfortable with Jameis following him, but not Russell or Brady? Is that is that the is that what you're I kind mean, of picking I, up? I, and down? look, like you know, like. Like, I don't know, it, it might be marking his territory a little bit there by pushing that way. Get get your trainer uh-huh. out there, and we're going to go push a sled down the street and, and show Russell whose team it is. I don't know. You know, I just thought it was – but somebody brought that up to me, so I thought it was interesting. I The one thing I would say logistically that's interesting about this is, uh-huh. like, wow. he's taken a pay cut. He already pro- – like, that was already processed, right? Right, right. So on March – or on – I think it was – would have been February 4th, I think it was, um, they actually processed the pay cut, which was down from about $25 million to the to the minimum for a player of his age, which is a little over $1 million. So he took a pay cut of almost $24 million bucks, um, already, and it's not like he can just reverse that. You know what I mean? Like, so, right. like, I just, I, I don't know, like, I mean, would Breeze come back and play for the league minimum in 2021? I don't know. But to me, like that, like, and to people around the league, that was a pretty clear sign that he's retiring because the reason you would do that right. um, would be to do the team a favor because that's going to allow them to carry him on their salary cap until June 1st, at which point they can cut him and spread the cap damage out, you know? And so, like, there, there is at least, like, a tangible piece of evidence there that's, you know, Breeze, his plan all along has been to retire. And for him to unretire at that point, like the Saints could actually hold him to that and say, okay, well, if you want to come back, you got to play for the minimum, which is, you know, just a crazy idea to think about. But I don't think it'll come to that. My guess is that we're going to get an announcement at some point in the near future that he's retiring. And plus, you got to be in shape to do this job in studio because there's a lot of sitting on your ass, craft services. I mean, you, if you, you need to come in shape if you're going to start doing studio stuff because you can get out of shape pretty <laughs> That's fast. That's right. Well, maybe you could. Do you, do, uh, can, do you have like a do you have like a training program? Oh, I can coach. Oh, down, yes, uh, the, down the, to San Diego for him. Yes, the RE1 system. I'll send it down to him. Um, and, there and it you, is. There you know what? Is. There's one last quarterback situation I want to hit you on before I let you go, which is fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And 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 uh, there's not much talk about it because we're all focused on that bright, shiny object called the Lombardi Trophy that Tom Brady talked about with James Corden. And I'm going to hit that later on in this show. Uh, is New England's? Uh, you know, what what does what are they going to do, man? I mean, are they going to really draft a quarterback uh, first round? Is it, is it possible that Jimmy G could shake loose and there's a reunion or Alex Smith? Yeah. I mean, what what are their plans? Cam resign? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I think if Jimmy G were to come available, they would absolutely have an have, have an interest. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it on the show. I just don't think that happens unless the Niners have a clear upgrade. And I'm not saying they're married to Jimmy G, but, you know, I mean, absent, like, Deshaun, maybe they fall in love with somebody, you know, at the, in the draft. Like, I've heard Trey Lance from North Dakota State mm. is, a, is a very, would be a very strong fit for Kyle's offense. So maybe it's somebody like that. You know, the trouble is for New England is, can you wait for that? You know what I mean? Like, can you wait for the night? It's, it's like, say Watson comes available in April. Say, you know, you say it's one of the guys in the draft, and, you know, you have to wait until after the Niners figure out if they're going to get their guy or not. Like, can you afford to, to wait that long um, and leave your quarterback situation unaddressed, which is sort of what put them in the position last year where they were signing Cam Newton on July 1st. You know what I mean? Like, so... And I, I think that that's the, the timing part of this, and this applies to a lot of teams, by the way. The timing part of this um, and what they want to do is, is is absolutely a factor. And so 
it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring back Cam on a cheap contract and they have another veteran there, whether it's a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Marcus Mariota or whatever, and then they continue evaluating the quarterbacks in the draft. And again, like I think if Jimmy were to come available tomorrow, yes, absolutely, they would go go and do something like that. But I think the more likely scenario right now would be maybe to throw a couple veterans at the position, continue to do your evaluation of all the guys in the draft, and you know who knows, maybe one of them falls to you in 15, at fifteen. Maybe you see somebody you like enough to to move up. Um, but I think for right now, you know, the Patriots are going to be very aggressive at some other positions, and it wouldn't surprise me if they just try to give themselves a couple of veteran options to tread water with for the time being. Albert, you're the man. Thanks for the call. Uh, look for me next week when I'm told the the, the cuts are going to be crazy, and uh, let's do this uh, yeah. on, on the regular, if you don't mind. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Richard. Hey, congratulations on your basketball team. You know I get after you when things are things mm. are going bad. Yes. You know, Chawan's got, got a pretty good thing going. No, I know, and you're saying that just because my, my alma mater beat your the alma mater uh, over the weekend, but uh, we yeah. got, we you know, uh, the Illini, I mean, it's a dynamite conference. The Illini just uh, handed Michigan a nice little calling card yesterday, so we'll see how it all works out. It's crazy, man. It really, I, I didn't even see that, so I wasn't, I would, trust me, I wasn't like, but I mean, it's like every you you look at it; it's insane. It's like every week, it's like you look at the schedule, and there's like a top ten team on there for your for your for your team. You know what I mean? Thanks for the call, Albert. You're the man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Rich. Okay, Uh, that's Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. Don Bowie said, "Go to break teasing Jets news. My stomach dropped." Chris, treat me gently when we come back on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. 
in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. What's the most pissed off you made Nick Saban ever? Oh, when I took the sack second and 26 <laughs> in a national in championship. That game. <laughs> you mean the one that you immediately made up for with an amazing play yes, that sir. put you on the map? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that sack? Yeah. Okay. That was the sack. So um, walk me through how that, uh, how, what he said to you, if you can, in a, in a certain way on a live yeah, well, radio I, TV broadcast. I mean, I could only see it on camera, you know, um, how mad he, he was. That was probably the most pissed off, though, I I, I think he's ever been. I mean, he, 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 he was squeezing his headset so hard. <laughs> and then, um, you know, like, it was hard because the emotion was, like, so mad to so happy, you know, so fast for him. And, you know, we got into the locker room when everything settled down. I mean, he was still still the same coach, you know, yeah. he me to the side. Like, what, what were you thinking? You know, um, so like after, the you won, after you won the game mm-hmm. and you picking confetti out of your hair, he still took a moment yeah, in that being, moment to revisit yeah. that. Yeah. Being who he is, I mean, you know, he, he pulled me to the side. He said, you know, well, why did you take the set? Right. You know, and I, I thought it was a good time to joke with him. You know, so I, <laughs> I mean, we, we won the national championship. So I told him. I told him, well, you know, we, we needed more room to throw the ball, coach. You know, and, like, he looked at me, and, like, I was laughing. He's like, that's not funny. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I didn't know what else to do in that situation. I was like, okay, I, I'm sorry, coach. So I shook his hand, and he just moved on. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, oh, man. I wow. love that story. Yeah. That made my favorite story the whole week. So you just figured, yeah, hey. I was like, oh, maybe. Wanna- yeah. yeah. Thought it was a good time to joke, but it wasn't. Wow. Yeah, nope. It's never a good time, I guess, in that respect. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for all of our archived material. Good times at Rich Eisen Show on both Twitter and Instagram as well. Our friends at NBC Sports want to remind you after that awesome WGC event this past week and the players is coming right around the corner. And look at that 17th at TPC of Sawgrass. Oh. Oh, that just gets your knees knocking, doesn't it? They're uh, right in near, right near Jacksonville, home of the Jaguars, home of the Players' Championship on NBC and Golf Channel on NBC and Golf Channel. Can't wait for that. When you see an event like that, it just makes you want to go grab your sticks. Yeah, you and, just want to go play so I know, and then you badly. swing, and then you're like, what the hell do I think I'm doing you know, out like, here? I don't deserve to be out here. <laughs> Uh, maybe for, for that week we'll get a photograph of me, Dion, Mooch, Kurt, and uh, Jim Furyk. We were on the green there At years 17, ago. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, years ago. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, Chris Brockman. Okay, Rich. What is this Jets news okay, that, uh, we, that we have been hyping? I guess. Breaking news. Fourteen minutes ago, Brian yes. Costello covers the Jets for the New York Post yes. and WFAN in New York. Said Joe Douglas said he is going to take calls if teams inquire about trading for Sam Darnold. Okay. A departure from the October 2019 stance when he said Darnold was untouchable. Yeah, of course he's untouchable. Douglas said, don't have a hard timeline on Darnold decision. No, there's not. Same ghost. Here's the deal. And and that's what I feel. I feel for Sam Darnold once again. I mean, it's just... uh, it is something that um, isn't entirely of his own making, and it is something that he does not deserve. And uh, it is something that, uh, you know, 
will question him. And it, it's either going to be one of the greatest New York sports stories ever that he survives uh, the end of the Bowles administration, the entirety of the Gase administration. He survives his owner coming and going to make America great again in London. He survives the, uh, the change at general managership. And he survives an entire year of fan base hoping that his team never wins a game because they want Trevor Lawrence instead. And he survives Deshaun Watson being the apple of everybody's eye. And he survives all of that. And he takes the Jets to a championship for Robert Sala. What are the odds of that happening? It sounds like you're landing uh, on the moon. But they did land on the moon eventually, right? So, you know, I guess we, we, we either hop in this lem and land it or we don't. Uh, I, I don't believe that Sam Darnold is going to take another snap for the Jets. I think that this is what I, I – he's, he's wise to say that. Let's put it that way. If you love Zach Wilson or you're hearing Trey Lance zooming up boards as well, you love one of those guys, well, Jets could take one of them. They trade Sam Darnold. They're going to have to get a quarterback two, two overall, that's for sure, or use two overall to, to go get um, Deshaun Watson. So it would make no sense if the stance of 2019 still stood today from Joe Douglas, which is like, yeah, he's untouchable. We're not, we're not trading him. Of course they're not going to say that. Somebody wants Sam Darnold, see ya. And then we're going to, it'll be a, a choice between a quarterback second overall or let's see what the Houston Texans eventually do for Deshaun Watson. This is a hell of a hand that Joe Douglas has. A hell of a hand. Two first-round selections this year, two first-round selections next year, and a quarterback who's 23 years old who you can rehabilitate in the image of your fan base or on the field if you believe in your new coaching staff. That's absolutely an option, and it would be one of the greatest New York sports stories ever. Ever. Are you talking playoffs? Well, certainly if you can also trade Sam Darnold and get more draft choices and get more playoff playoff caliber rookies in for the new rookie, or you bring Deshaun Watson in. And you still have some draft choices to use. You're not going to sell off every draft choice you have for Deshaun, not when you can offer multiple firsts or maybe this kid too. So many different options for Joe Douglas. Keep them all open. So when you asked me yesterday, TJ, am I nervous or excited? I get very nervous because I'm a Jet fan. I have the emotional scars of a lunatic. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I get nervous. But when I hear the general manager say the right thing, like I would get nervous. Like, what is he saying that Sam Donald's untradeable? What is he saying that for? Why would he stick with his stance? Of course, Donald's, you know, we, we, you should knock on his door for Sam. No doubt about it. Because him saying this means, uh-oh, are they going to take the quarterback that I really want? Maybe i got to go up to number two and give Joe Douglas the godfather offer. I would keep Darnold around up until the da- up until the draft. Absolutely, I'd keep him right there. And but, but, you know, if you do go at the rookie quarterback, you better flip Sam before the draft. At some point, you got to know when you play your cards. And that's my point about the Texans. I think they're holding on to a losing hand longer than they need to right now. Right now, I'd push all in to use the Kenny Rogers used to say Jim Fossil you, phrase. You need to got to know when to hold him. Yep, know when to fold him. 
He also said islands in the stream. I don't know if that's something that's germane to this. <laughs> that is what you want. 844-204-RICH is the number to all. Rod Woodson of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan base knows him and the Raiders coming up. We're still here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. No, I'm, 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 I'm talking about Joe Douglas. I'm off for the Kenny Rogers thing. Oh, or were you, okay. th- were you still in the Kenny still Rogers? I talking about poker. Oh, okay, yeah, Sorry. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of options. But what door they come up with in the next seven weeks is a lot to do with the success of the New York Jets over the next five, ten years, for real. That's what makes me nervous, too. There's also also just going to be so many players available and changing teams this offseason. We're not going to see anything like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, uh, our colleague at ESPN, Diana Rossini, did you see what she tweeted out? That's kind of what I'm... Put that in your news update, all right? Put that in your news update that's going to come at the top of the next hour. Um, And send that home to the boys so the tweet can be uh, put on TV. Something going on outside? Yeah, we're getting some heavy rain. really raining outside. Yeah, we're getting a big storm right now. heavy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's Next couple hours. Just to describe to everybody uh, across the country watching NBC Sports on Peacock, here in Los Angeles, that's like a foot of snow. And March. Yeah. Especially in March. What's happening? I don't know. We, we, don't got, know, a, huh? we got a little storm passing uh, through. Storm. I'm the weather guy, man. Let me let me do the weather. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, I, I'm staking oh, a little bit. Look at him staking. I'm not going out in the rain, though, but I'm letting you guys know. How is our uh, our new segment, Something I Noticed, going on social media? Did that go well? well oh, yeah. No, it did well. Because I do have something else that I've noticed. When do I unpack that? Thursday, Friday? When do I unpack that? Not today. We got we have too many guests, too much going on in the I NFL. Think, I think tomorrow or Friday. Well, it's the only other options. If not today. <laughs> Thanks for your help. I mean, how about Saturday. I don't know. You know <laughs> Maybe we can. How about in. half past never? Hey, hey. hey. I'll tell you, I'm all right Don't now. But last week homes? I was in rough shape. Hey. <laughs> I was playing golf over the weekend, and it was one of those things where, you know, uh, you, you you switch part. You ever play sixes where you get one partner for six sure. holes, another partner for six holes. So somebody was a partner with another guy for six holes, turns to the guy after they're no longer partners, hey, can you help me read this? <laughs> and the guy sort of looks at him like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? And I, I just stepped in. I said, you know what the look of that is? That, 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 he, he's giving you a read, and the read is a ball outside of go F yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's two cups outside of go F yourself. Just too, just That's the read. Close. <laughs> That's what you basically just told me. Thursday or Friday. There it is, everybody. It's raining, man. Basically, he's just claimed to be the weather guy. He hasn't told me when it's going to stop raining. I can in 145. Hour two. Oh, thank you. Coming up.